Good morning. It is June the 1st, in the year of our Lord, 2023. I'm J.D. Walt, and this is your wake-up call. Beginning today, where we always begin, before our God, in consecration, and prayer of consecration. So take a deep breath. Wake up, sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Jesus, I belong to you. Lift up my heart to you. I set my mind on you. I fix my eyes on you. I offer my body to you as a holy and living sacrifice. Jesus, we belong to you. Praying in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today's entry is entitled Unos, Dos, Tres, Catorce. Our text is Romans chapter 7, verses 14 to 20. Hear now the word of the Lord. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate to do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, if what I do, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. The word of the Lord. Try saying that five times as fast as you can. Now consider this. Hello, hello. I'm at a place called vertigo. It's everything I wish I didn't know. Those words capture the chorus in a song of recent years by one of the greatest rock stars of our time, Paul David Hewson, also known as Bono, of the band U2. Today's text gets us into the full melody of this place we have been calling Vertigo, this no-man's land between the occupied territory of sin and the promised land of grace. I do not understand what I do, for what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate to do. 
For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. If that's not a state of vertigo, I don't know what is. Now, can we be really real here? The best Romans scholars and commentators tell us Paul is not using the word I for himself, but as though he were speaking for a hypothetical other. They also tell us Paul is not describing the Christian life in Romans 7, but rather the state of a pre-Christian person who is likely Jewish or who considers themselves a Christian while still trying to appropriate transformation by faithfulness to the law. For what it's worth, here's what I think. Certainly, I don't doubt Paul was dealing with Jewish members of the church who did not yet truly understand the gospel. While this particular audience is not so common among us now, I believe our churches are filled with these same kinds of people. I would call us, <laughs> or them, functional Christians. They are doing their best to get with the program, follow the rules, practice spiritual disciplines, study the Bible, raise their children to believe and behave, help people in need, give to charities, tithe to the church go on the occasional mission trip, and otherwise do the things good Christian people do. And yet, when the road meets the rubber, after years of doing this, they are still struggling with the same sin patterns, living with a scarcity mentality, judging other people for the things they most dislike about themselves, keeping score, holding grudges, blaming, shaming, withholding, and stonewalling their spouses. And I could go on, but you get the point. In other words, we are still living too much in the overlap of sin and grace. Sin persists as an undefeated enemy. And when functional Christians are really honest, which is not often, because they mostly lack the context to do so, they say things like this. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate to do. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. They find themselves regressing in faith as a result of a lack of progress or because of a besetting sin, infirmity, affliction, or addiction they can't seem to beat. And I'm not trying to say what I am calling a functional Christian is not a Christian, because I know too many people who are definitely bona fide Christians who are living at this address. I myself have lived at this address before as a Christian and even still on occasion find myself visiting this old place. I think what I'm saying, to borrow another classic lyric from Bono, is we get, quote, stuck in a moment we can't get out of. And the bottom line of all this functional faith 
is it has a way of leading us deeper into Christianity, or worse, churchianity, and often further away from Jesus himself. It's why I feel much of what I am trying to do here on the wake-up call is to try and strip away so much functional religion and bring us back to the primitive faith of the gospel himself, Jesus. Back to the U2 song, Vertigo. It opens with Bono's voice counting in Spanish. Unos, dos, tres, catorce. For the non-Spanish speakers like me, that is one, two, three, fourteen. Well, that's interesting. Why from three to fourteen? This is how a master poet works, through signs and symbols. Many believe, present company included, Bono is pointing to the ancient stations of the cross. Yes, there are 14 of them. The song ends with the lyric, Your love is teaching me how to kneel. And that's what we do at the cross over and over and over, station after station after station. We kneel, and as we kneel with Jesus, he consecrates us. That is the only way out of vertigo, kneeling with Jesus in consecration. The prayer, yes, Lord Jesus, can we strip it all away, but this simple place of kneeling with you at the cross, where we learn to behold you until we find ourselves being transformed by the renewing of our minds to become like you. Can it become that simple for us again? Indeed, your love is teaching us how to kneel. I'm so weary of the vertigo, and I want to believe it will eventually go away. I'm learning it leaves only to the extent you stay. You are my balance, Jesus. Yet it doesn't look like a balanced life. It looks like the cross not trying harder, but death and resurrection. Come, Holy Spirit, and interpret this great mystery of consecration into my everyday life. Praying in Jesus' name. Amen. The question. What insights come to you from today's entry? What are the implications of those insights? What holy intentions are beginning to form in deep places in your soul? 
And how can they be enacted most simply? For our hymn today, it's time to sing Jesus Keep Me Near the Cross again. Thank you, Fanny Crosby. It's hymn number 241 in our seedbed hymnal, Our Great Redeemer's Praise. Let's sing it in a spirit of simplicity, of humble and holy desperation. Jesus, keep me near the cross. There a precious fountain, free to all a healing stream, flows from Calvary's mountain. In the cross, in the cross, be my glory ever, till my raptured soul shall find rest beyond the river. Near the cross a trembling soul Love and mercy found me, there the bright and morning star sheds its beams around me. In the cross, in the cross, be my glory ever. Till my raptured soul shall find rest beyond the river. Near the cross, O Lamb of God, bring its scenes before me. Help me walk from day to day with its shadow o'er me. In the cross, in the cross, be my glory ever, till this raptured soul shall find rest beyond the river. Near the cross I'll watch and wait, hoping, trusting ever, till I reach the golden strand just beyond the river. In the cross, in the cross, be my glory ever, till my raptured soul shall find rest beyond the river. I could almost, I could almost feel, if not hear, Johnny Cash in my voice today. Wow, man. There's another great Arkansan. And that song, written in 1869, Near the cross, O Lamb of God, bring its scenes before me. That's the stations of the cross. 
Help me walk from day to day with its shadow over me. I've got a, a picture of Jesus lifted up on the cross. It's behind me. I look at it all the time. And I just behold it. I just take it in. Keep me near the cross, Jesus. That's the solution for vertigo. Your love is teaching me how to kneel. I think I'm going to put the link in today for uh, for the Bono, the U2 song, Vertigo. It's a fascinating song. Bono, you know, he's not trying to be a Christian singer. He's trying just to be a Christian. He is a Christian. He's singing deep in the story of the wilderness temptation in this song. Uh, anyway, if you got time, you can listen to that. Well, it's Thursday, and um, I'm hopefully en route to America from England, if I've not already landed, and um, praying I'm sensing a great satisfaction of having been able to minister in Jesus' name, sow the seeds of the gospel of the kingdom, and to impart uh, outpouring to those families at the Wildfire Festival. Let's pray for them. It's, uh, it's wrapped up now, and people are being sent back into the countryside. I'll. Uh, I'll leave it there today. Let's be sowing. This is another day. This is a day. You know, every day that we sow is a day in the future that something will grow. So let's be careful to be attuned and attentive to Jesus as we cross paths with many people today. I'll see you out there on the field. For The Awakening, I'm J.D. Wall. We hope that today's entry challenged and encouraged you. And thanks for listening to The Wake Up Call, powered by Seedbed. Be sure to share this with a friend, leave us a rating, and subscribe wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. Find out more and join the movement by visiting our website at seedbed.com slash wakeupcall.